0: He wanted to serve in the military, he wanted to be a part of the army, but he didn't qualify. He had physical challenges that limited him in being a part of the military. Yet an officer saw that there was potential that this young man could become a part of a special program where he would become an enhanced soldier, a super soldier, and that's what he agreed to do. And in during World War II, he he hoped he would be in combat, but that's not what he initially did. He was more for the development of en- enthusiastic involvement in the selling of war bonds. He was used to get people to buy war bonds and to be enthusiastic about the war. And it didn't meet his needs. He wanted more. And so, somehow, I'm sure there's a really good explanation. When I get done telling the story, it's going to mean something more than right now. I'm setting it up good, aren't I? I'm, I'm trying. Um, but he ends up in this mission to save his friend and it ended up being a whole lot of others in this combat mission that he wasn't supposed to do but he does it anyways. So he becomes involved in combat as this super soldier in amazing ways, including a heroic effort to crash a dangerous plane into the Arctic Ocean, where he becomes frozen there for decades. Who am I talking about? Captain America. Captain America I am confident I have sold him short in the build-up but I tried. I was raised to do it um, as a mom of a Marvel fan. Um, Backstory, that is Captain America's backstory. That's his origin story. That's how he became Captain America. And we are going to be reading the book of Genesis in October, and we're going to be focusing on our backstory so that when we read this book of the Bible that we may be like, Whoa, that's intense. And it is. It's amazing. It's our story. This is us. We are Genesis. This is our God, and we are found in the midst of this, just as Captain America and others have backstories. So do we. And our begins in the beginning, in Genesis. We are reading the book of Genesis through our Bible reading plan this month, and if you've never joined in, or maybe you did and you stopped, this is a great time to restart. Tomorrow we will start with Genesis 1 and 2. You can find the Bible reading plan at the information desk for a hard copy, or you can go to concordunata.org slash Bible. And if you have been reading the Bible reading plan and you open it up tomorrow and you go, we have to read two chapters, you're going to be fine. You're going to get used to it by the end of October, reading two chapters. It's so important for us to understand the context, and what I'm going to do today is we walk through the backstory through Genesis 1, 2, and 3. Don't worry, I'm not reading all three chapters to you today, but I will be reading excerpts from it as I walk through our message, and I start today in Genesis 1, 26 through 31. Up to this point, what we've seen in the first 25 verses is God has created out of nothing. He has created the earth and the sun and the moon and the stars and the plants and the animals. And this is where we begin. And we begin. Then God said, let us make mankind in our own image, in our likeness, so they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures, creatures, what? Creatures? (laughs) Creatures that move along the ground. Don't worry. It's all good. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that is fruit with seed in it, they will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give you every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made and it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning. The sixth day. It was very good. First and foremost, our beginning is through our God who creates us. There are times in our culture and in our conversations, we seem to start with sin first, but sin is not first. God creates first. That is part of our backstory. Our God who creates. This morning on my walk, I paid attention to the stars and the moon and listened to the birds and the cat that screeched that was a little unnerving at that time of morning. But just what God creates, when's the last time you stopped and took inventory of what our God creates? Doesn't have to be on top of the mountaintop, though it can be. It can be standing by the ocean. But where is it that we see and we smell and we taste and we hear and we touch what our God creates? Our God is our creator. He created us, as it says here in Genesis 1 He created mankind. I remember in those early days of being pregnant, of being, of marveling at the ultrasound that showed our son very, very small. And then when he was born and I was like, first of all, Haley, close your ears, okay? Um, First of all, I was like, I cannot believe that was part of me just an hour or two ago. But I I just marveled and I could not, I I just knew that that child was beyond anything that I could create or imagine. God's ability to create us. When is the last time you looked around at a newborn or a child or a teenager or a young adult or looked at the mirror and said, I am God's creation? God created me, and God said it was very good. Psalm 139 says it this way, verses 13 through 14. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. You are God's creation. That is part of your backstory. Don't ever forget that. He loves you, and he created each and every one of us We read in Genesis 2, in the seventh verse, where God says, Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. It goes on to say, The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge. Knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will most certainly die. You will most certainly die. You see, God provides as he did for Adam and Eve. He provided, but he did this thing. He set boundaries. God provides, including setting boundaries in our lives. They had everything they needed And he said, you got everything you need. I've given it to you. And yet you cannot taste from this one tree. And that's where we see our humanity come forth. That you are free to do all these things, but don't do this one thing. And I start going, huh, I can't do that? Why can't I do that? I am curious about why I can't do that. And God set this boundary for Adam and Eve, just as he does in our own lives, where he provides what we need and he sets boundaries in our lives. And we wonder, why is that? Genesis 3 sets up Or actually, Genesis 2 sets up Genesis 3. And this is where we enter into what we know as the fall. It's where Adam and Eve take the fruit from the tree. And we start with Genesis 3, verses 1 through 7. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say had a song back several years ago, and the lyrics say this, I can taste the fruit of Eve. I'm aware of sickness, death, and disease. The results of our choices are vast. Eve was the first, but she wasn't the last. And if I were honest with myself, had I been standing at that tree, my mouth and my hands would be covered with fruit, things I shouldn't know and things I shouldn't see Remind me of this with every decision. Generations will reap what I sow. I can pass on a curse or a blessing to those I will never know. We too stand at the tree and we break the boundaries God sets in our life. We stand at that tree where we know that it's not going to be the best thing, that God has set a boundary on our lives, and we take the fruit. Some of us take the fruit and we go, at least I didn't take that fruit. And we become justified in our decisions and our behaviors. Sin is a deviation from God's will. Sin means that we live out of alignment with God's will. And as we see in Genesis 3, sin begins with a question and is followed by rationalizing. For Eve, it was, did God really say that? What are those questions in your lives, in each of our lives, that begin, uh, set us down the slippery slope of sin, of living outside of what God desires in our lives? Because what happens is we start small and slow, usually, and it gains momentum. Momentum. And then we hide. And in our sin, we hide. Our sin becomes our hiding place. It can be things such as I'm just looking at those images, those pornographic images, and no one knows what I'm doing. It's okay, I'm not hurting anyone those vicious words that i say or maybe i say them with care but they've got a sting and they're rooted in judgment in that i think i am better than someone else our sins can be big or small yet they are out of line with where god desires us they are out of god's out, they're not aligned with god's will and then we begin to hide We begin to stop talking with certain folks because they may ask certain questions. Or we stop engaging with folks because they don't see things the way we do. We begin to hide. And Genesis 3, 8 through 13 says this, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of day, And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, "What is this that you have done?" I was reading a devotional that I used a month or two ago, and the author Fleming Rutledge focused on this question that God asked, and it's a question for each of us to ask: Where are you? Where are we? How have we removed ourselves from God's will? How are we hiding? Where do we feel shame? You see, because our God seeks us in the midst of our sin, you will hear people talk about the story about how our God is a punishing God. Our God pursues us. In Adam and Eve's choices that they made to eat from the tree that they were told not to, God went after them. He's a God who seeks us. No matter our age, whether we're in elementary school, middle school, high school, college, young adult, career, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, it doesn't matter. The question applies to each of us. Where are Are you? Do you need to be reminded or told for the first time that your God who created you loves you deeply? He wants you to choose him, to choose in your decisions and your thoughts and your actions to align with God, our creator. And he is pursuing us in our hiding, in our breaking of the boundaries that He has set. This is our backstory. It may not be as glamorous, or maybe it's a whole lot more glamorous than Captain America, yet our backstory is this that we are God's creation that he sets boundaries for us and he provides for us and we get off track as we don't align our lives with him and we hide in our sin and he pursues us. And there is no place more beautiful to celebrate our God who pursues than through the communion table. As we begin our liturgy, Mike will talk to us about our confession. It isn't just words that we read. It is that we come to our God and we answer the question during the confessional time. Where are you? Where am I? Confess that to God as we approach the communion table. Let us pray. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer, we give thanks to you, our creator. Thank you for creating us and all that we see that you created. Lord, we confess that we come up short and we hear you ask the question, where are we? May we be willing to answer truthfully to you as we come to your table. Into your hands, may your will, not our will be done. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Concord United Methodist Church. This podcast is a ministry of Concord United, and we would love to hear from you. To contact us, please send an email to podcasts at concordunited.org with sermons in the subject line. For more information about Concord United, including worship times, service opportunities, mission efforts, and classes,